right, back in the studio for the first time in a long time, Rufus the Villains True Crime Corner. I got Zulana. Hello. I got Jacob. Yo. So we haven't done True Crime Corner in a long time. Sadly, Josh, my True Crime Corner co-host, can't be here, but he's actually going to be here next week, and we're all going to do uh, John Dillinger. Nice. That, that, that one's going to be pretty fun. You know, there's a lot of ties to Tucson and that. Yep, Hotel Congress. Yeah, he's had the research done for a while, but just haven't done it. Our last one, like we did Ed Gein, we did Jeffrey Dahmer, we did Al Capone. So if you guys get interested, go ahead and check out our library there. So, but uh, the main sources for tonight's episode is uh, it's, uh, Lizzie Borden, The Curious Life and Death of, actually put out by the Smithsonian Institute. That was, nice. That was the documentary I watched. Oh, yeah. It's really interesting. They did a bunch of like reenactments of like the axe swinging on like a dummy and stuff like that. It's like no, that's not what I'm watching this for right now. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like trying to figure out what the facts are. But it's interesting because we'll get into it later. The murder weapon was believed to be a small axe that uh, had the handle freshly broken off. And the big thing is, is that uh, as an axe. They didn't, as like a, as like a whole, the society didn't think a woman would be capable of brandishing an axe and doing these fucking crazy, brutal things. Swinging it forty-one times. That's right. That's Twice. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right off the bat, you know, it, you know, just sexual stigma right there. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it is a brutal crime. There's no way it could be a female. But then uh, my other audio book that I listened through was called "The Trial of Lizzie Borden" by Kara Robertson. It was uh, published in 2019. If you, again, if you guys are interested in the material, check it out because there's way more than I covered today. Really cool shit. Nice. Well, and you got to think about it at the time, a double homicide was basically unheard of. You know, they, there were serial killers, you know, it was about the time, same time as Jack the Ripper, H.H. H. Holmes, yeah, and stuff like that. They were usually single victims at a mm-hmm. time. Well, you think about an axe murderer. Think yeah. about that. That's what horror movies are made of. Yeah. You know, an axe murderer. So that's what makes this story interesting to me. Like, if you like, we'll go through the story, we'll go through the facts, and you guys out there can decide whether you think she did it or not. Because she went free. <laughs> she went free, you know. So there's a, there's a lot of theories. We'll get all into that. But uh, Lizzie Borden was born July nineteenth, uh, eighteen sixty, in Full Full River, Massachusetts. Fall River, Massachusetts. I can't say Massachusetts right. Didn't sound like you could say Fall River. Either. Fall River, Massachusetts. That's where she was born. <laughs> She ended up dying June 1st, 1927 of pneumonia, but we'll get to that. Spoiler. Well, she's, it's also been 120 years, so. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that anybody thought she was still alive is, yeah, but anyway. So we're going to kick it off with the rhyme. We all know the rhyme. Do it with me. Lizzie Borden, Borden took, took an, an axe, gave her, her mother 40 wax. When she, she saw what she had done, done she gave her father 41. That the thing is, I remember jumping rope. Yeah, exactly. Doing that little rhyme. That or the patty cake game. Yeah, yeah, and it's it was like, it for the thing of Lizzie Borden to make it into popular culture like that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like uh, Ring Around the Rosie, Pocket Full of Posies. That was for the plague. Yeah, it, it's just crazy. It just made it into just American American. I want to use the word folklore, because like I was into true crime for a long time. And always just kind of assumed, okay, Lizzie Borden was this axe murderer. Mm-hmm. But when she'd look into it, maybe, maybe not so much. Maybe, like, maybe, like, we'll get into it later. But she had motive, but her stature and the evidence, we'll get into that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I'm like getting ahead of myself. Like, I, I forgot I actually wrote this one up. 
So she had two sisters. Uh, one was Emma and one was Alice. They were about four years older than her. And they all lived at the main, what they call the Borden home, which is actually a bed and breakfast today. You can actually go and have bed and you can go and stay at the Borden house. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like she's I, not still there. Well, you don't know no, that. No, but I don't <laughs> know if her mother or her we father We just found there. out that she's not still there, didn't we? <laughs> well, I mean by her soul. Because, <laughs> you know, could you imagine a haunting of a place like that? And for me, if like I was getting ready to rent a place that had, you know, like haunting or murder and stuff like that, and we actually took a second to look it up in Massachusetts. How is it right now? It says your dream home to be might have been the site of a murder or suicide, or it's possible that paranormal activity has been observed on site. But according to Massachusetts disclosure laws, the sellers don't have to say a thing. I can't decide if that's fucked up or not. Yeah, like imagine if like. I'm yeah, always fucked you, up. Well, think about the think about the think about the extreme of it. Like, imagine like five people hung themselves all at once, and they don't yeah. have to they don't have to say anything. Yeah, well, well, what if there was like a whole family who was murdered there? Right, like the Amityville house, or the Winchester house we were just talking about, where it's they they do ghost tours and the house mm-hmm. is all in different angles and yeah. The, I think the house itself is almost as much as a character as Lizzie Borden is in this whole thing, because it's. They didn't have running water. They didn't have electricity. And the weird thing is, is her father owned a bank. So they had money. They it's just, a penny pincher right there. Yeah, and he just chose... Maybe maybe because that's how he grew up. Because, you know, so it was 18 fucking whatever I said earlier. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, 60, and, he, yeah. and he was already 66, so he was born in the 1700s. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I got. Mo-. I put myself in his mind. says, like, you know, like, you know what? I got money. I've got several properties. Whatever, like I grew up without electricity. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I'm an I'm an OG. <laughs> That's where I put my mindset for him. Yeah. But that whole thing put a lot of tension into the family. Because, I bet with with that many women in the house. Yeah. Because you have the the sisters, you had Lizzie, you had the mother, you had the maid too. Bridget, Bridget, mm-hmm. yeah. So there was this all this abundance of money, but they were living like they were still in the Victorian era, era, which mm-hmm. they technically kind of were but uh that's one of the big suspicion things is that would have been one of lizzie's big motives is to because the will was all there was well here's the thing is there was no will so if andrew the father passed everything would go to the stepmother abby so the the basic idea for the motive is to take out abby and then everything goes to lizzie because she's the first She's the, like the oldest, oldest child, which you know that's that's when you lie on the side of conspiracy. Yeah. Because we're gonna get into the evidence and everything like that. It's like, for Liz, yeah, we'll get there. I'm just like, oh man, I got so much on deck. <laughs> so the Borden home, like I said, had no running water, no electricity. It was basically a rustic home in the middle of this area. They called the Hills. The Hills was this part of Massachusetts that kind of more or less borderline like the rich neighborhood and the poor neighborhood. So it's not like Beverly Hills, but it's the equivalent of the time in that area, Mm. if that makes any sense. So they they had a nice house, but they were like the only one that didn't have electricity and shit. Yeah. yeah. So they, you know, their house was nice enough to where they had maids and butlers and nobody was left for wanting anything. And like we were talking about earlier, he, uh, the father, Andrew, signed over some some property to the stepmother and the two sisters were upset because they never he had never given them a house before. And then when he finally did give them a house, the stupid rule at the time is when women couldn't live by themselves. 
so they weren't able to move in. Like mm, by that time, they were all older too. So they were in their thirties. The hus- yeah, good luck getting a husband at that point. Yeah, it's 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 like a catch twenty two. It's almost like he gave her the deed for the house, just be like, okay, here, shut up. Knowing that she mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to use it too. Yeah, because there's nothing. And then eventually, she ended up actually selling the deed back to her dad for five thousand dollars. Back then, it was probably a good amount of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. So that's like the big motive and everything. So we're still at the cusp of the story. So the the Borden house was uh, located on 23 2nd Street in Fall River, Massachusetts. You got it that time. I said it. Yes. I was like looking at it and I had to read it verbatim. But that's <laughs> but that's the actual address. You can actually go there and rent a room and you know, like I, I can't even tell you how many like ghost hunter shows I've seen where they go spend the night there and it's creepy. It's just fucking creepy. You know, and does I, it have electricity and running water no, now? No, it does not. Mm-mm. Oh, well, fuck that. Yeah. And one of the crazy things that they talked about is at the time, especially in houses like that, it was really common for a household to have like a chopping block and an axe outside. Mm-hmm. So it was just like common to walk past a house and there'd be a block of wood and a fucking axe laying out front of the house. So that was one of the theories. That somebody was just walking by and picked Grabbed up, it and picked killed up the axe and went inside. Because it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the murder weapon's just waiting for you. Yeah, it's just, what do you expect when you leave an axe outside? Well, <laughs> I could honestly say I wouldn't expect that, but when you put it that way, I should? <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're going to move along with the timeline. Um, before we get into everything, I'm just going to get into what the charges were for Lizzie Borden. She was charged on August 4th, 1892 for a double homicide. Which at the time for a woman to be charged with double homicide with an axe mm-hmm. is just unfucking heard of. The tabloids went crazy, and that's where we got the nursery rhyme and shit from. Hmm. It was literally the at that point it was the biggest trial of, of its time because it was the first time they actually used. I'll get into it later. Was the first time they actually used uh, photos to um, investigate a crime scene. Really? Yeah, it was the very first time they used blood splat. It's called blood splat analysis. Of, like, where the blood was and, like, its spray mm-hmm. and, like, how long it was there. It's pretty interesting shit, you if know. If they had that, like, that type of evidence, I'm surprised we, that they can't nowadays go and take the evidence and redo it. They, and I've see seen stuff. If, if, if it was real or not. I've seen stuff and uh, the few videos that I've watched, believe it or not, the people that, like, went through and did their own, like, were actual professors went through and did their own forensic like uh run over of everything mm-hmm. and nine out of ten of them say lizzie did it huh. really yeah <laughs> it's like yeah just like going over like the evidence well, they, would they would be able to tell the height of the person who was absolutely. doing that by by I, the blood splatter and, absolutely you know and if if it's her height you know as compared to them trying to say it was just a random man who walked by mm-hmm. That's kind of like, well... Well, there's there's an interesting thing that you brought that up. There was actually scuffs on... There was actually scuffs on the ceiling from the axe being pulled back and swung down. And for the handle that was found with the axe that I'll get into later, there's no way that a person of her height could have reeled back and hit the ceiling with that axe. Interesting. So it had a... That's just right there. It just There's no way. She couldn't have done... There's, she would have had to stood on a chair... And fucking swing at the ceiling. What if she was up on the the couch and like I mean like what if she's like was, super into it and well, just the, like yeah. these these marks were in the middle of what they called the lounge room, 
where mm-hmm. it's like a circular room with couches all around it. Mm-hmm. So I'll get, so actually this is a perfect segue. So this is the account in Lizzie Borden's, this is Lizzie Borden's account of what happened that day. Mm-hmm. So she ended up coming back into the house around 11.15 and uh, actually found her father dead on the couch, just torn to shit, bludgeoned, bludgeoned with an axe. Wow. Yeah, so th- that's her story. And then she ended up going upstairs and finding her, step- her stepmother's body, uh, Abby, mm-hmm. and she was bludgeoned with an axe as well. So Lizzie ends up getting together or calling Bridget, the maid, mm-hmm. and then they call the cops, and that's when the cops finally, that's when the cops show up, and, it, and all the, like, in the analysis of everything going on, and like, okay, who's what, and who's what, who's, you know, one of the things that was really super interesting is that the technology was kind of new at the time, but we were talking about the blood splatter. Mm-hmm. So the blood splatter on Abby's body was like coagulated and dried and like miscolored. Mm-hmm. And Andrew's blood was still fresh. So the timeline that they believe was about two and a half hours between the murder of Abby and then to Andrew, which is really interesting. So that tells you that somebody was in the house, committed the murder, stuck around. Waited until he got home or something? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, weird. <laughs> It's it's really interesting because it's maybe someone had it out for for him because of the money and it wasn't exactly. even his daughter for the money. Maybe it was You're someone so else. You're so on point. She's yeah. so on point. That's 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 all the theories. Like that, uh, if it's we'll get into it later. But if it was an outsider, an unknown outsider, it had to have been somebody that was an enemy of his because he made mm-hmm. a lot of money. He was a businessman. Mm-hmm. So I want to get into everybody involved. I'm just going to give a quick rundown of everybody involved and what happened prior to the cops getting called. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Andrew was, Andrew Borden, the father, 69. Abby Borden, she was 64. And then we have Emily, which is 42. The weird thing about her alibi is she was actually out of town visiting other family members, getting a, a new like dress cut and fitted for her because that's what she did. Mm-hmm. That's how you got a new suit or how you got a new whatever. You had to go get it made. Yeah. So she had an alibi. She was out of town. And then last but not least was Lizzie. Lizzie was Lizzie was at the home during the, you know, like, and I have a full breakdown of the timeline here, mm-hmm. here in a second. So Lizzie is the only person that was there other than Bridget. And the, the word is, is that Bridget went up for a nap. And I'll get into that because mm-hmm. uh, uh, Andrew would come home on a regular basis to take a nap at that time. Mm. Because he would go to work really early around seven o'clock, come back and take a nap and go back to work. And that was his regular nap time and spot. So anybody that was any, the perpetrator would have had to have known his routine. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, you know, cause there's no, I don't see that as an accident. Well, I mean, that would, that would kind of make sense. Like he took out the wife just to make sure that there was going to be no one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like he probably, if it was someone who knew him, they would probably know that the daughter was going to be out of town and maybe they just assumed that they would all go together and then that would just leave him and the wife mm-hmm. and, you know, they forgot about a maid, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but that, that, That's one of the really interesting things about this story is it's 120 years old and 
There's, yeah. there's still, still no fucking clue. Yeah. So there's one more person involved that was proven later to be somewhere else, but it was uh, Andrew's brother-in-law, which would have been Ab- Abby's brother. Okay. It, and uh, he was, like, initially the main suspect, but then it was proven that he was actually out with family, and it was proven that he was, you know, in other spots. Okay. So that's, you know, when you look at everybody involved, you kind of have a small spectrum, kind of a small spectrum of what could have happened. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when you start thinking about, and un, like, if it wasn't somebody inside the family, somebody that maybe somebody broke in, something like that. Well, you know what's funny, too, is um, with women, when they commit crimes, a lot of it tends to be, like, with poison and, yeah. you know, just, like, kind of un- under-the-table type killing. They're not. Yeah, they're not really known for bla- yeah for like blatantly just you know bludgeoning someone. Not saying it doesn't happen, but it a does. lot of the time it it's poisoning, or um, trying to think other things that they do <coughs> drowning or well, whatever. that that and like you get your poisoning and then you have like women that put hits out on their husband and stuff like yes, which, which happens. Yes, there's that too. Yeah, which, that happens. It, it's. They typically would call poison, they call it the Black Widow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for it's a super big thing in history of women just slowly poisoning somebody. Yeah. Like, I think one of the most prolific serial killers in the United States, I forget her name, but she's confirmed at like 147. It was all poisoning victims. Wow. Yeah, she, she ran a boarding house and she would poison people. And then when they died, she put them in her garden. Okay, that would be an no interesting trace. one to look into. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll have to look up that name. I just remember that just from stuff that I was getting. Yeah, I'm, I'm full of all kinds of crazy true crime knowledge. That's, wow, that is a crazy one, though. Yeah. Planting them in the garden. Yep, yep. She's like, that is how my flowers are so pretty. <laughs> creepy. Good fertilizer. Yeah. So speaking of creepy... In this story, uh, there was several neighbors that mentioned a unknown person banging on their door the day before. Hmm. There's an unknown man, like, banging on the door, like, insisting being let in and needing to talk. And he was, eventually he went away, but there was a sighting of a man pounding on their door that was obviously obviously upset about something. Uh, At the Borden's house? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the the police show up. Like I said, they came in. They find they find Andrew, and then they find Abby. This is all this all plays out to where okay, so Abby was killed, and then later on Andrew was killed. So who do we look at? Who's the, who's the prime suspect? Lizzie was the only one that was home. Hmm. Gotta at least check her out. Yeah, Lizzie. Well, did the maid like live inside the house or did they she have did. like a maid she chamber did. she did at the, at the time she was actually quote unquote sent outside to wash the windows so that's where she was when it happened see what see? what if it was see? her see you know because i mean see? like come on if, if you're washing the window you can see through a window right uh, yeah and you're not gonna notice someone like axe murdering your like it's, it's, employers? Not, it's, not, it's not like it's going to be a quiet process. Well, that no. was a couple hours, right? Yeah, about two and a half hours. Well, how long was her nap? I mean, like, yeah. did, did she just not <laughs> work? A lot, of, a lot of windows to clean. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it's funny. I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned that. One of the things that they talked about later is because of the, the windows upstairs would have provided a much hotter and arid environment in the house itself, so that would have caused the blood to dry quicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would it could have made them misjudge the time. 
So it could have been actually as close to 20 minutes. Yeah. Because of the blood drying. And that's simply because of these open windows and large windows upstairs. <laughs> that's crazy, it, it's right? It's just, I, I wonder, like, what did the, they do? If it was somebody else, that means that they just decided to murder these people and then run away. And they didn't right steal before, anything? Yeah, right before Lizzie, like, came home. They're like, oh, shit. I'll just dip out the back. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, as the story goes on, like, you tend to catch yourself going back and forth. Like, oh, there's no way. There's, oh, oh, fuck, yeah, she did it. I'm <laughs> curious if that made. That's, Bridget, that's yeah. where I'm standing right Bridget, now. yeah. So, like I said, there was the day before the guy was knocking on the door and everything like that, which that just raises so many alarms. So, yeah, you, you do have to take that testimony Absolutely. seriously. Mm-hmm. So, after... After finding the bodies and everything in the basement, they find a small hatchet with the handle broken off at about an inch past the blade. So you ha- they have this hatchet that's about like that. You guys out there can't see me. But it's a hatchet about that big, and there's just a broken handle sticking out of it. And the thing is, is the handle is freshly broken. You can tell that. Mm-hmm. The handle, and it's clean. Like, it's literally, like, right off the top. Broken off, though. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and like I was talking about earlier, at the time, people would just walk by and there would be an axe in front of your house. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Oh, wow. It's, that's, what's, that's what's so strange about the Lizzie Borden case is this axe. This axe had to be, had to be the murder weapon. If you, if you really look at it, it had to be, but... Wait, and, and where was Lizzie again? At the moment of the attack? Yeah. Okay, so there's several stories, which we'll get into later, but this is because she, they put her on fucking morphine, and she couldn't get her head straight. Nice. You know? So there was one story where she said that she was out in the shed looking for fishing equipment, and another story that she was upstairs and asleep. But, you know, they fucking had her drugged up on morphine. Wow. But you're not going to, because of her woman problems. Uh. I'm so offended right now. I know, right? <laughs> and that, that kind of brings me to the next point is, okay, so they find this axe, and okay, they're like, okay, this is the murder weapon, and automatically they're like, okay, a male did this. There's no way a woman could brandish a, brandish a fucking hatchet and make this much of a gory See, scene. but it's not like, a, like an actual axe, though, like that's like big, yeah. and, and the, like the big and bulky hatchet. <laughs> yeah, a woman That's could brandish a hatchet. 80, 81 swipes, though, right? Yeah. That's 40 and 41. That's a lot. She was really mad. <laughs> and she if had, it was her. And if she had to her. be standing on a couch or some shit. So. Or jumping in between yeah. each shit. Dude. Mario. I know. Obviously. And that's why I love talking about Lizzie Boarding. Like I said, all these shows are like, oh, it's not interesting enough to talk about. Like, no, I think there's a lot behind this shit. Yeah, this... Yeah, this would be an interesting one to see if if they like actually delved into it, like yeah. like like you know with the real evidence. If someone actually opened up the crime, that would be pretty cool. Well, the Smithsonian uh, d- documentary I watched, I definitely recommend. That was cool. Like I said, they did like m- like polyurethane dummies and like reenacted the blows, which was mm-hmm. cool because it gave me context and stuff to talk about. But yeah, but so th- they basically said there's no way that a woman could brandish an axe. It's a masculine weapon. <laughs> so of course the their very first suspect was John that we were talking about earlier that was uh, found out later to be with other family members mm-hmm. right 
So everything just uh, points back to Lizzie because she's the only person there. So explain yourself, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, the the axe marks on the ceiling. Did they ever look into that guy who was like on 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 uh, banging on the door banging and stuff? The there's just no in that time. There's no way to trace who that could have been possibly at all. Oh yeah, yeah that's think, right. Think about Didn't that. Video cameras back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Look at me all spoiled in the news engine. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there was a couple of like things that they talked about with the axe, like the way it was broken off. Like so, say maybe, so much conspiracy stuff with Lizzie Borden. Like so, maybe the axe was actually broken off, hitting the ceiling, and that's how it broke. Maybe the axe was cut off beforehand because that's the way the killer wanted their axe. Maybe it was used by a smaller person like Lizzie, so they cut the fucking handle down really tiny. But there's. It's it's crazy. But you want to leave the handle longer just for leverage. That's what's weird about it. That's there was a lot of jurors that said there's no way that it could actually have been used as a murder weapon because of the handle. So here's the thing: is so maybe the yeah, ha- that's that's what I was thinking. I was like, how? They, it's almost like as if they well, they would have did had the to murder and, and then, then broke it. yeah, exactly. Exactly, they would have to have done the murder and then broke it. So that's where the whole debate comes in right there. It's like, what side of that do you land on? Like, was the axe already broken? Or did they break it afterwards? Or was it even the murder weapon? Again, where is the maid? Because she would know that shit. She, apparently, she was cleaning the windows. The windows had a lot of uh, grime on them. <laughs> she she had to get one of the ladders. And... Yeah, but had the axe broken previously? She knows every little thing that goes on in the house. The That's maid. just how the, the, the maids just know that. Um, like, oh, so the, she would be like, especially, oh. especially since they didn't have electricity. Like, yeah. That that axe needs to be used for the wood. So exactly. The handle's broken. So she brings up a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she would have known. So they could have asked her, and she'd been like, oh well, two days ago they went out to chop wood, and the you know whatever broke. handle broke. You know, it's not just like, well, I don't know. I was cleaning the windows. <laughs> Yeah, need more lemon pledge. <laughs> she says no, no, no. Superman not here. Superman <laughs> no. So this was like I was I kind of alluded to it before, but this was actually the first case in American history to where photos and forensics were used to compare like uh, the placement of the bodies, like we talked about earlier with the blood splat system and trying to describe who was where and. That was I thought was really neat because that's revolutionary because that's yeah, ima- imagine groundbreaking. Yeah. yeah, imagine like now if you touch something they can tell who you are just by your DNA that you left behind. Dude, it, I don't understand why people still try to commit crimes nowadays. <laughs> I stupid. really don't. Like I can understand back in the eighties where you could just put pantyhose over your head Not no more. and go and do whatever, and then they'd be like, "I don't know, he just had pantyhose over his head. It could have been a woman or a man or we an alien." Oh no, <laughs> Google's already sent the cops everything they need to know about. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So now we kind of have an idea of Lizzie Borden and her household. We have an we have an idea of what happened. We yes. Have an, we have an idea of um, you can, you got a picture in your head now. Yeah. So this is the official timeline due to the court, or according to the court records, they were actually, you can actually look these up. It's pretty interesting. You can actually see, like, the, what do they call it when the person sits there and types along with what everybody's saying? Stenographer? Stenographer, yep. You can actually go and look at everything that was said. It's really, it's really interesting stuff. I highly yeah. recommend it. But so this is how the day goes as far as the court records. 
So at 7 a.m., Andrew, John, and Abby woke up and had breakfast in the main kitchen of the house. So this house was a two-story house. He had uh, he had the main I talked about earlier, the couch, the lounging area in the bottom, and upstairs was the bedrooms. So they were in there having breakfast. The whole like everybody's like, you know, okay, go about your day. Hello, you know, I'm gonna go do my thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So then at 8:45, John is the first one to leave. We mentioned John earlier. Mm-hmm. John was the one that they the very first one that they kind of pointed a finger at and then had the, an alibi. Yeah, and it actually turned out to be an alibi, and he was actually he was actually somewhere else. So then at uh, 9.15, Andrew leaves to go manage the bank. He goes to work. So that, what you think about it, think about it right there, that only leaves Bridget and Lizzie in the house. Mm-hmm. So that's where you guys start thinking about this. Like, those are the only two people in the house. And, that, so, and this is at 9.30. Right now we're looking at 9.30. Lizzie says that she goes outside to look in the shed for fishing gear. This is at 9.30. In the morning? Or yeah. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're thinking about going on a fishing trip. So she goes outside to She goes outside to find fishing gear. That's where she says she is. And at that same time, Bridget is sent outside to clean the windows of the house, like I said. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's still just... That That just seems like... Right? And that's that's the legit thing that's on the books, is she was sent outside to clean the windows. See, like, nowadays, I'm pretty sure they would question the shit out of that. But back then, they're like... Well, they had a lot of windows. They <laughs> had a lot of windows. <laughs> so, okay, so as the timeline goes on, uh, now it's 10.45. Andrew comes home for his quick nap that he always does. But he always comes home. He goes to work for like an hour and comes home and takes a nap, apparently. I didn't think about that before. Hmm. If you think about it, he, he only went to work for like an hour at that point. Well, nine, nice. Nine to 12, something, right? So like three hours? Yeah, so he... Comes home and takes a nap, and he lays down on the spot that he always lays down in the lounge area that I brought up before. At that time, Bridget takes a break from doing the windows and goes up and takes a nap in her room. She has her own private room. So this is, go, so put, think about it. So Andrew and Bridget at home, Lizzie's wherever. Still looking for fishing gear, Yeah, (laughs) how long did it take her to go and get that fishing gear? Okay, so you remember the time I said she went outside? It's like 9-something, right? 9.30. Yeah. Okay, so 11.15, Lizzie Ranners at home and finds her father bludgeoned to death on the couch. So for two hours, it's unaccounted for? Yeah. So she basically was like, well, you know, I went out on a quick fish, and then I came back. Now I remember I took a nap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, everybody was napping. So that's one of the big things is there's a huge time gap there. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about it later. Her uh, her testimony is just all over the place. But, again, she's fucking doped up with morphine. But so when did the um, the mother come home? Because she gets killed presumably she apparently then. She apparently never, if you think about it, look at, the, look at the, the timeline. She apparently never even came down to breakfast, if you think about it. Oh. So that's, that's the first counting of her is that she was, found, was found, dead. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so apparently she never... So that's... Especially with the difference in time and the whatnot, like, just a difference in science, we have no real 100% way to say, like, how... She wasn't killed prior. Yeah. Because, I mean, if the blood was dried and all that stuff... But but they would be able to tell, like, how dried it was and time-wise. Depending if it was in the sun or an open window. Yeah, Like I was talking about earlier. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's... Like, the, the, the technology at the time was super, super... Us. Is like yeah, this is rudimentary. 
So they had you know cops find cops find Abby's Abby's body and they put the, put it together that it's a double homicide. You know they're starting to talk about the time difference and pointing fingers. John's ruled out, and so Libby or Lizzie Lizzie is the only person that could possibly have had the chance. She's the only person that could have the chance to have committed the crime. So all the fingers point at her. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean according to this account. It, well, it's crazy because she would be an unlikely killer. She, when you think about it, she was a woman in, at the time. Mm-hmm. She was a woman. It was an axe murder. And like, it would be interesting to know, too, did she help out with chores around the house she, and stuff? She would have had to, yeah. Only because, I mean, like that, that would change things, too, because what if she had to help out with chopping the wood? Or something like that. If Because like, he was older. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, like, was That's he still point. able to? So if she was accustomed to counting, yeah, if she was accustomed to chopping wood, <laughs> the body was... wouldn't be much different. Yeah, no shit. And you know, and that brings up the point that uh, pretty much all the evidence points to that it was not somebody outside of the family. Yeah. All the evidence points because there was no. It's really interesting stuff. There's no like forced entry. The op- the front door of the house actually had three locks, and they were locked from the inside. The front, mm. yeah. So, like when the body was found, the front door was locked from the inside. How did Lizzie enter the house? They're saying that she was. That's part of her like flip flopping testimony that she had locked the door and went up into her room and fell asleep. So that's that's where you know. Yeah, exactly. See, like her testimony There's is all. There's a lot of like. If nothing holes. else, she was there while they were dead. She was definitely there. She, yeah. Well, she was definitely at the house when they were killed. There's no way. Right. There, there's no way around that. When they were killed or after they were killed? She had to have been there during the whole thing. Yeah. Right? There's just no way. How far away was this fishing gear from the house too? It, it was it's literally like in the backyard. It was literally right? just a backyard barn. Because she should have been able to hear them getting killed oh, then. I mean, like you know, unless it's something where they came up behind him was like. Doesn't forty? Chop. Doesn't forty wax of an axe make some noise? Like. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the backyard, <laughs> don't you hear that? With no, with no, uh, no electricity. There's no electricity, so they don't have the music on. Like they don't have the stereo <laughs> going and shit. You know. Well, you have to, it, and also, you'd have to imagine. Like we'll get into this in a little bit. You have to imagine the mess that would make. Yes. The straight up gore. That's why she was sent out to clean the window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm get, I'll, I'll, I've actually got it coming up is like when she was confronted, she was not covered in blood at all. And there's just no way to not be covered in blood if you clean all that stuff off. I heard uh, something when I I don't know, this is watching a show on it like years ago. So um, that because there was women in the house that she was able to take off her clothes that were bloody and hide them in where they hide the the female, you know, rags. What they did was burn it. Oh yeah, I've got that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah, because I heard a couple. Because yeah. there's a couple different accounts for what she did with the with the clothes and. I yeah, was there was say. one. There was one idea that one of the one of her uh, housemates actually left with it because there was actually an account of a woman leaving the house with a bundle of clothing. Mm. So there's just no proof to it. And here's the thing: is at the time I keep going back to it, but she was seen as like this upstanding woman. She went to church every Sunday. She was a Sunday. She was a Sunday school teacher. She was mm-hmm. she was an advocate of like women's rights rallies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There's just no way that Lizzie Borden could do, have a violent act, and that's the, the the stigma of the time. Yeah. So that to me really throws it off. 
because you know that makes everybody start thinking it was a male. It had to be a guy. It had to be a revenge thing. It had to be. And if you look at it with everything being from the inside, who you, I would point my finger at John, but he's confirmed not being there. Yeah. So all you have left is Lizzie. And the maid. And, and the maid. Yeah, the maid. I'm sorry, but there's something that just tells, or maybe they were in cahoots. Because she's like, dude, I'll get all this money, and I'm going to get this really fancy house that will have electricity and warning water, and you can come to my house and work. And she's yeah. like, hmm. hmm. I'm Bridget, the maid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying that that's weird that those were the only two there. If, if the right. door was locked from the inside, then, yeah. you, you know, because, I mean, you would think that one would come, would walk in on the other one hearing the noise. Yeah, you know, so that's where I would think maybe they were in cahoots. Yeah, they, you had to have heard something. There's no mm-hmm. way you couldn't. No way. There's mm-hmm. just no way. There's no way you couldn't. Uh, one of the big things that the investigators brought up is like how calm and collected she was when the cops were there. And of course, that's odd that she was calm and collected looking at this brutal ass scene. Yeah. So of course, of course, that raised suspicion. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, that's like, okay, what the hell? She was the only person that possibly that was here. Dude, if I walked in and my family was murdered, like, it, it, especially in such a brutal way, like, that, seeing that, they probably didn't even really look human anymore. It probably just looked like meat. Right. And knowing that that was formerly your loved one. And, not, and not reacting. There, oh, I would, be, I would be a mess. Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's definitely people that wouldn't react. They would be That's innocent. True. That's true. It's... It just it raises suspicion though, like 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 you said. Yeah. It's just because mm, they need to do more tests on her. <laughs> so at this point, it's uh, 1892, and of course she's the main suspect. That's mm-hmm. just like a duh. She's, it leads to her. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. you know, she's indicted. She's indicted for double double homicide. And the, the the fucked up thing is that her during her first like questioning, she didn't have representative. She didn't have a counselor at all. Oh wow. No lawyer. So that's right off the bat, not cool. Yeah. You you can't you can't try somebody without a lawyer. No. And you know and that actually plays into later why the, everything got dismissed. Like she kept changing her stories. She couldn't remember if she was upstairs or downstairs in the in the in the in the barn or out back. Or she just kept changing her. And the thing is, what I saw in the documentary, she would change her story based on the question that she was asked. Like she would, she would change the next question just as much of a lie to kind of fit with the last question she asked. So wow. she, she was being manipulative. There's no way around it. She was being manipulative. Hmm. And that to me is a big red flag. Yeah. Ch- changing your story all the time. And yeah. It, and then, and here's the thing: is with every, with her changing her story constantly, that made everybody think of guilt. Yeah. And she she was automatically like right off the bat is considered guilty and of course this turns into like the biggest trial of the century you know everything's in the tabloids you know lizzie borden blah 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 that was one of the things i saw dude it was fucking hundreds of newspapers they were it actually got to the point for every fucking uh, hearing that the police actually had to post up outside the the courthouse and they could only let in so many people they, wow. yeah people would like ransack the fucking courthouse and try to get in line and get inside because it was this Dang. little, it was this little fucking young woman apparently that hacked somebody apart. Wow, I didn't 
Wow, I didn't know that many people were that morbid. Yeah, one the big, the other interesting thing is when she did actually get arrested, basically the whole state went into shock. Like there was all these queer, weird like uh, like smear campaigns and because they didn't know how to deal with uh, a woman of this stature and age committing an axe murder. They didn't think about it at the time. What would you even think? Like even to now, even now, like oh, yeah. n- now I'd be like, okay. Well, I'm yeah, just... even so, but you'd still when you when you see you hear about the maid and you, <laughs> you hear about the the guy knocking on the door. Yeah. There's so many things where it's wonder. like you, you. It would be really really hard to be a juror on this case. It would be really tough. Yeah, because I mean to to, I I would. I wouldn't be able to make a judgment one one way or the other just because I think like, there's so many things that point towards her, but there's so many things that point against her too. <laughs> That's got to be beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and this is at that time where there's forensics or like I keep saying forensics are like a budding thing. Right. There's no like DNA tests you can do. There's no like electroanalysis you can do on hair. Like uh, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, they actually sent the axe head and a hair that I mentioned to Harvard. Uh-huh. You know, and the Harvard's like, then there's nothing here. Like I said, it turned out to be a cow hair. Oh, wow. So the, there was just nothing that they could do. Oh, wow. There's no electroanalysis. There was no micrographic specter, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But at the time, everything was kind of stuck. The prosecution couldn't go anywhere. The defense couldn't go anywhere. And then a family member named Alice Russell came forward with, in the documentary I saw, it was said as a bombshell. She saw she saw Lizzie sun, the Sunday after the murders, burning a uh, dress in the oven in the living room. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. But how often did they burn clothes back then? That's the thing is yeah. it was a it was a custom. Anytime the clothes were worn out, they would burn them. Really? So, yeah. So. Oh my God! So th- th- there's so many things where I'm like, right? So Whoa. they can use it as evidence, but if it's a common thing. Well, her her quote her quote is she was actually she was actually the one that encouraged her to burn the dress. She said, "Burn those old rags." Who's she? Who? Oh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Alice Russell. Okay. The family. The fam- she actually was the one that said they encouraged her. Uh, yeah. So, wow. so here's the thing: is before this, fucking uh, Lizzie wasn't gonna get a trial. They were just gonna railroad her. Oh wow! She was just gonna yeah, no representation. Yeah, yeah they were just gonna railroad her. So now, this Alice Russell comes forward and says, "No, I told her the whole reason that she was indicted was because of burning the dress." Okay. That was the whole reason. That, that was the only thing. That I, there's so much I'm trying not to hop over stuff. Yeah. But the the whole the whole reason she's actually in jail at this point is they indicted her for burning the dress because like that's evidence. Like yeah. So then they put her in, put her in jail, and she sits for I think like six days or something like that. It's crazy. The process of time, like, guy, you put yourself in her shoes. Like, if you were, if you didn't do it. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people too who were uh, wrongly accused because they didn't have a reaction to a crime. Cause I mean, you know, maybe the reaction was no reaction because she was in shock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Seeing something like that, you, maybe she already had a reaction and had already screamed it out before the cops got there. Because think about how long it would probably take a co- cops to get there back then. Yeah. You know? Basically, everything's back roads. Yep. 
I mean, were they on horseback with the buggy, or they did they, or did they actually I'd, have I'd, a Model T or what? 1890s, I, I, yeah. I'd imagine uh, they were probably mostly on horseback. Yeah, so that that could have taken them a while. So on uh, December second, uh, eighteen ninety-two, four months after the murder, the grand jury indicts her on two counts of murder. So now, now she's actually, uh, what's the word? Officially a prisoner. Mm-hmm. So, but when somebody's indicted, that doesn't mean that their sentence has been posted or anything like mm-hmm. that. When somebody's indicted, they're just kind of waiting for like, okay, is there going to be a trial? And mm-hmm. this, this, that, or the other thing. So she ends up getting her trial, but here's the thing is the, the prosecution's got no fucking physical evidence. There's just no physical evidence. They're, like I was saying earlier, the, the hair on the axe was from a bovine. The, the scuffs on the ceiling, there's just no way she could have done it. There was just nothing there that proved Lizzie did it. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're uh, more or less, they're, they started to struggle. They started to like basically pull tricks. They were doing everything because everything was so televised. They were trying to like freak each other out and pull tricks and stuff like that because they just, the prosecution didn't have anything. Mm. They just couldn't do anything. There was even a point where one of the prosecutors, his opening statement, he actually had the skulls of Andrew and Abby and put them on the table. What? Just a sharp value. Yeah. And what they ended up doing was pulling the axe out and comparing, like, the the wound marks. Okay. Okay. Well, if he had, like, a relevant thing, but still, that's kind of like, wow. There, you don't do that unless you're trying to, you know, you don't. Here's the skulls of your Usually fucking parents. Usually that's, that's done beforehand. Um, you know, like the scientific stuff like that is done beforehand well, and they just show the th- pictures, not like actually bring the gruesomeness out. Well, here's the thing is how does this, how does this lonely prosecutor have their fucking skulls? Like <laughs> who handed that shit off? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't like, you couldn't do that today. Yeah. Well, there's no way if you were in a courtroom now, be like, here's the skulls. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. That's considered... Um... It should be shock. It'd be shock. Yeah. Well, speaking of shock, uh, at the side of the skulls, Lizzie actually fainted. Mm. And that actually ended up getting a lot of, like, sympathy from the crowd. Like, her people actually... Yeah, dead oh, backfired on him. <laughs> like, oh, oh, she's actually human. But overall, her... The way she acts was just weird and suspicious. It's... She's changing her story constantly, sometimes seeming, seeming coherent, sometimes not seeming coherent. And it turns out that uh, she was being dosed with morphine the whole fucking time. Oh, that'll do that. So how do you, how do you take somebody's state, statement for... You can't take that. It has to be inadmissible. Yeah. That's basically drugging somebody to get them under control and to say what you want to say. So we have a quote here. This is actually from the prosecution to the actual doctor that took care of Lizzie when she was brought into custody. So the doctor is being asked, says, I ask you about the morphine you were giving her, and you tell me on Friday you gave her one-eighth of the grain, which is the normal dose. I understand a mild dose, and on Saturday you doubled it. She had it after the arrest, during the hearing, and station house? The answer was, yes, sir. In other words, she had it through all her questioning. Yes, sir. That's fucked up. So how are you supposed to take some... You can't take somebody's testimony at that. No. So right there, right there, the prosecution loses their... Basically loses their whole... Credibility. Yeah. So yeah. they questioned her without a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she, they got her more or less to admit 
she didn't admit to murder, but she, everything she her says. Her story was all over the place. So it's like, how could they? How could how could they basically say she did anything because she didn't even know where she was at? Dude, <laughs> that's a great way to put it. Could you like? I don't know the dosage of morphine. I've only had it once or twice when I was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But a grain, they say, was the normal dose. What was the quote? Yeah, those normal dose. Mm-hmm. I could imagine. I remember when I was 12 and I broke my wrist. Did you get morphine then? And they gave me morphine and I don't remember feeling, I felt fine, but they they go, we're going to give you a wheelchair. And I go, what? I don't fucking need a wheelchair. I broke my wrist. I don't yep. need a wheelchair. And they're like, no, you're going to need the wheelchair. <laughs> and I got up and it fell. I had, my, yep. had no no legs. So that's, I, that's so funny. Yeah. You said you were 12, right? I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like, I... I um. About three years ago, I broke my thumb and had to stay in the hospital overnight because there was no hand surgeons. Basically, my my thumb was dislocated and shattered. They had to put a pen in it and put it back together. Oh, wow. But uh, through that, through the night, they couldn't give me anything because it was going to go into surgery the next day. Oh. So I'm laying in this hospital bed, and the weird thing is the pain would come in waves. I'd be there. I'd be fine for like 10, 15 seconds. And then just like this, literally feeling like my hand was hit by a hammer. And it would go away. <laughs> you know, and and I, I laid there till like five in the morning, and then they brought me up to the OR, and they're like, okay, we're going to give you something to help with the pain. I'm like, all right, thank God. God. So they, they gave me an IV and shot me up with morphine, and then my body just went like, I felt like I, felt like I was like warm and prickly, if that makes any sense. Like, I've had it before, but I don't really remember my reaction to yeah. it because I was also on other medications because when they gave it to me, I was, yeah, they'd give me other stuff too. So I couldn't tell you which one made me yeah. feel which way. And the interesting thing about morphine is it was actually created to be an op- like a kind of a counterpart or the opposite of like an opiate, which has still turned out to be an opiate <laughs> that's... Like, morphine at the time was, like, literally people were taking it for everything. Literally, every, people were taking morphine for everything. Like, there was a lot of people that would mix, uh, like, alcohol and morphine and have a, quote-unquote, elixir or a tonic. Was it laudanum? Laudanum, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Well, laudanum was, like, the, as far as I remember, laudanum is kind of, like, the slang term for an elixir. Because like, mm-hmm. laudanum is a specific chemical. But it was in everything. They just started calling everything laudanum, like they call something a Coke. It's just a soda. Oh, okay. Pretty interesting stuff, though. Like, if you really look into morphine at the time, they did fucking, dude. How did they administer it back then? Most of it was oral. You drink it. Okay, okay. Because when they're saying grain, I was like, what? Yeah. Because I'm using hearing gram because that's, like, how many cc's or whatever they inject into your... Well, I actually, that's the interesting thing is I looked up the exact transcript mm-hmm. and it was I actually copied it word for word and it's grain, which is really weird because I'm, yeah. not, I'm not familiar with that either. But if they're taking it orally, like I can understand that because of, you know, it, it might be like if maybe it's like a crystal form or something. Maybe. And just taking yeah. like a grain of it. I, I don't know. Maybe that's they're weird. snorting I'm not sure. it or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. I, I would be interested to know how they were administering that. Yeah. I know that's off topic, but just no, that's not off topic it... at all. It's really interesting. Yeah. We don't. Anybody out there knows that? Let us know. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. So I got a little fun fact about morphine. <laughs> the invent- fun facts? The inventor of morphine died due to addiction to morphine. Wow. Yeah. Ironic. Yeah, it's pretty ironic. So don't do morphine, kids. No. Not a lot of it. 
<laughs> so like I said earlier, she was given morphine to deal with her woman problems. And <laughs> that still just cracks me up. It's, it's like, like, oh like I'm God. even offended by it. Like, shit, what? Yeah. Like, no, well, that's what they did back then. Anytime a woman had anything that was just off kilter, they're like, oh, it's woman problems. Mm-hmm. It's woman problems. Like, she's she's a lunatic. She's hysterical. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. She's hysterical. So, uh, like I said earlier, Lizzie's testimony was completely stricken from the record because she was questioned under the influence. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the prosecution, their only thing is to latch on to the dress being burned, the thing that got her indicted in the first place. Yeah. So we talked about that. So we talked about her sister telling her to be the one to burn it. And mm-hmm. like, so that just, pardon the pun, goes up in flames. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's just holes getting punched in every little thing that the prosecution has to offer. This is a solid ass lawyer. <laughs> well, at least she has a lawyer now. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So basically, at this point, is the prosecution's only argument is like Lizzie was the only one that could have done it. That's literally right out of the fucking novel that I read. The, the prosecu- prosecution's like she was the only one that had the chance. That's our argument now. She's the only one that had the chance. They're, but, ru- they're running out of shit. That's why. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> you you want to say that, but the basically, it, they but is it really with with the way the evidence goes? It, yeah. it does. It shows that she she couldn't have, but it, the only thing that you like you said, the only thing they have going for them is she was there. Yeah, she was there. <laughs> See, I still like you. I, you got it in my head now. I'm still super fucking sketch about the fucking the, the maid. maid. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be my new theory. I'm super sketch about that fucking maid. I'd be like, what if Lizzie was out there forever because she's maybe, maybe she's she decided, autistic or something, you know? Or maybe she decided to mend a net. I don't know. But what if she <laughs> I like was? That. Maybe <laughs> she fucking mended a net. Yeah. Bitch, when's the last time you mended a net? <laughs> but you know, if Sorry, she's I out there like doing that. that the maid's like, hmm, well, I'm going to take care of these bitches real quick while yeah. she's out there doing that. And then comes in, she's like, oh, I was, that was a good nap. Oh, no, what happened? Everybody's dead. Because <laughs> do they talk about her reaction when the cops came? She actually went to Canada right before the trial. Oh, well, that's and never interesting. Testified? Yeah, she never testified. She went to Canada right before the trial. Convenient. It's the funny because I, re- I have that written down. I the was, maid never testified? That's no, she never testified, yeah. Yeah, that that just makes me even the more maid, like the maid. maid. She's sketch as fuck. She's yeah. sketch as fuck. So now that now that I, now that I think about it, like, hmm. <laughs> right. But here's the thing: is what would the maid have to gain, other than just being a psychopath? Being in cahoots with Lizzie. Lizzie being uh-huh. like, I couldn't, I can't do this. But if you do it, like I said, she would be like, I'm gonna get all this money. I'm gonna have this nice house. I'll have you, you know, come over here and. You can be a maid for me, or or maybe she's even saying I'll buy you out to where you don't even have to be a maid anymore. Yeah, you can just you live here. Yeah. You can just live here. It's a pretty interesting concept because now I'm starting to think the fucking Bridget the maid did it. <laughs> Bridget Bridget the maid, the axe murderer. Nice. She's got something <laughs> to do with it. She yeah. knows. Yeah, she saw something. There's no way. But There's that's no the way. thing is is that's where I'm at is. How could neither one of them not seen or not heard anything? Anything. Because, like Jake said earlier, there's no way that's quiet. No, there's not at all. No way that's quiet. Even even mm-hmm. if even if you hit him on that and you kill him on that first, you know, blow, they're still gonna be like, holy shit, or ah, or whatever. Now they're gonna do when before you hit him. Well, and it's not like she, he, who hit them only one time. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> it's presumably what if they axed him in the head and just killed him right off bat. But you'd be lucky. You'd be really you'd be lucky. Be lucky. 
because like the the crime scene photos are like I'll I'll show you some guys, but but yeah, it's, the crime scene photos are pretty legit. It's that's one of the reasons I was talking about before. A lot of people saw the crime scene photos and they're like, "Oh, there's no way a woman could do that. There's no way." Yeah. But. But what if it? But like, what if I said, what if they were in cahoots? What if it wasn't just two women, one, yeah. two women? You know, one so one kills theories. one or one kills the other. What are were they similar in stature to where it would look like the same person did the same crime? And, exp- and the big thing is the time difference because there's at least a twenty minute difference at the yeah. least. There's a twenty minutes. Possibly two maybe they and killed the, the yeah yeah maybe they killed the mother and then waited till he came home and then killed him. It's so like I was saying earlier, like because she he, never actually came down to breakfast. Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't have thought anything about it because she was just upstairs being quiet, <laughs> being a good woman back then. Being a good that's right, being a good woman. She's like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna expand on that. <laughs> no, we probably shouldn't. So okay, so now it's been three weeks into the trial, and mm-hmm. now it's time for the verdict. So this is the day. It's all over the news. This is the day for the verdict. Literally, the courthouse is literally flooded. Oh, there, was a, there was one reporter who said it was a wall. It was a human wall of people. Those were the exact words. Wow. Yeah, just people trying to get in to find out, like, what the verdict was going to be. And, like, there's, a, like, limited seating, basically rioting. Wow. This, this was like OJ before TV. That's what, exactly what I was thinking. It, it's, it's crazy. It, it's we the human race has always been obsessed with people that have done crazy things. Well, that's why they used to have uh, beheadings in the local town square. Yeah, exactly. Because people would just like they they loved that shit. Yeah, it, you know, and it's just. I think wow. one of the I think the last public execution was like in the late late like eighteen hundreds, almost nineteen mm-hmm. hundreds. Yeah. In the in the states, at least I don't know about anywhere else. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm not sure at all. Well, I started looking thing. into execution, and because that's one, that's one topic I want to do is execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah, that's a whole another thing. We'll, that's a whole another podcast, folks. We'll, we'll get into old Sparky and all that stuff. So, <laughs> so uh, there's an iconic photo of Lizzie boarding Lizzie Borden standing for the verdict. She's got her like fan over her face, trying to trying to hide her face facial expressions and trying not to like make contact with anybody like that so the jury was only actually out for less than an hour and a half that's oh wow for a three-week trial that's a short that's a short deliberation yeah so the jury comes back in verdict not guilty so everybody goes crazy literally everybody goes crazy there's one reporter that said he saw at least three judges crying (laughs) yeah so that shows you that there was like support yeah. And, you know, you know, I'm willing to bet it was close to 50-50. If, you know, me being alive at the time, would be like, fuck, that fucking lady did it. Hell yeah, the lady did it. Like, uh-uh, I would have been right all up. That was the maid. <laughs> that was the maid. <laughs> so what about this bitch, Bridget? But uh, when, uh, when, Lizzie heard, uh, when Lizzie heard the verdict, she literally fainted. So that's twice she's fainted in court. So she, she fainted, and everybody was going crazy. Judges were crying. There was people rioting and burning stuff. But that day, literally that day, she was immediately, Im- immediately acquitted. Nice. Everything was dropped, allowed to go home right there. Huh. So that's kind of weird. I, I, it's really hard for me to put my finger on it. Like That trial seems to be so much, and for it to just be, boom, right there, it's done and over. You get what I'm saying? It's yeah, but I mean, they they kind of fucked themselves with with. Had they not given her that morphine, 
the trial could have gone a completely different way. Yeah. You know, because they would have had her testimony and it would have been her testimony. It wouldn't have been altered at all because when they entered on the morphine, she was all over the place. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being like being on morphine and being in this stressful setting of like you're in trouble for murder. Like, where's your brain going? I'm going to be all fucking all over the place. I just know when, like, I don't remember exactly, like I said, um, my reaction to it. But I just remember being, like, loopy. Just yeah. kind of like, dude, just the people were talking, but it wasn't really sticking type thing. Yeah. I was so out of it. I just remember the echoey when people were talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just really weird. So, can you imagine being on trial with your head all foggy like that and people talking to you. Like, oh, maybe be- I was upstairs. Maybe I was in the... Yeah, exactly. Be like, I don't fucking know people. <laughs> Quit giving me drugs. <laughs> yeah, drugs are bad, okay. okay? So this is right around the time during the trial, like right as our release, that rhyme started that we talked about before. And like I said, that solidified it in people's minds and folklore that Lizzie Borden was the killer. There's a lot of people to this day like that don't really know the story. And like... We don't have any evidence that she was the killer. Yeah. See, you know, just in all fairness and all evidence sake, I think she had something to do with it. Maybe she's not the one that swung the axe. She I'm knew. S- yeah, I, I'm totally on that one, too. I, I don't think she's innocent, but I don't necessarily think she's the complete, total guilty one. But, you know, there's another thing, too, of what if neither one of them did it, but like you were saying earlier, they hired someone else to do it. To do it. I mean, what if they're one of the first people to think of that? <laughs> uh, I mean, probably not because of no. you know, kings and queens being murdered for years and years. But, yeah, <laughs> like, who's to say? There's so many theories. Yeah. So I want to get to now is, like, okay, so if it wasn't Lizzie, who was it? Besides the maid. Yeah, I was going to say, maid. you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, so the very first person that, like, after... After the maid is you have to think about the the unknown and the true. That well, that's what I was saying. When, and I, I also think, too, what if they had someone do it, you know, because of their, they didn't have the strength for it. And then they destroyed the weapon afterwards. And that's when they're like, oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. But you know? he was he owned a bank, right? He so, owned a bank. I mean, yeah. Maybe somebody was just pissed off from the bank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, like you were just saying, like he was a successful businessman, a bank owner and stuff like that. He made enemies being a rich person at the time. Mm-hmm. There's just no way that he didn't make enemies. So that you can't rule out 100% an intruder. Yeah. But you have nobody. You have nothing. See, because they say that the front door nothing was, was stolen. latched. Yeah, nothing was stolen. But what about the back door? What if, what if Dum Dum, who was out cleaning the windows, <laughs> left the windows open? Yeah. They need to dry. Yeah. I don't know. See, it's... That's what I love about the story is like you could speculate for days and never yeah. never truly be wrong. Yeah. Like it's just like what if? And uh, Lizzie actually stated that, that there was a lot of people that didn't like her dad, mm-hmm. and she actually herself mentioned the man banging on the door that af- like after the fact she mentioned it was. The well, day and back then, being I mean I can even say now if someone came banging on my door that I didn't know I'm not opening it. Oh hell no! And it, then back then I mean being the the women were. I mean, usually there was like a butler or something who would come to the door and answer it back. Like back then, when I mean, they had a maid and things like that, or the maid would come and answer the door. So there, she's not accustomed to doing that. Mm -hmm. And then you know, someone banging on your door, she's probably upstairs, like, oh my god, what do I do? Yeah. So (laughs) I don't, I don't know. Well, her, uh, she had a quick little saying. It says, uh, "A a man, an angry man, came to the door that morning." So Mm -hmm. like that's. 
there's this huge, huge, because I actually hurt my hand writing out the last quote. <laughs> so, but that just, I can't say if that proves that there was actually somebody there that morning or not, but like the, the neighbors said but they saw it. But it could also be convenient that she, but then the neighbors saw it, so. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. So, and the next thing you have to think about is the time difference. Like, we talked about it earlier. It's anywhere from 20 minutes to two and a half hours. Yeah. Like, so the, that kind of baffled the police. Like, why would, like, maybe somebody broke in and killed the, 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 the wife and then waited for the husband, but nothing was missing. Well, I mean, 40 wax takes a little bit of time. It takes a few minutes, but <laughs> yeah. still, 20, that's not going to take 20 well, minutes. Well, you know, that... Uh, I don't know. You know, it might. No, I, I've I never mean, timed maybe, it out. You know, maybe if you need to take a few breaks, I guess. Yeah, you might with 40 wax. Uh, yeah. Well... And the thing is, is that that much of a brutal attack that speaks a lot to the psychology of the attacker? Crime, a crime of passion. Right? Yeah, yeah, well, exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, it could be a crime of passion, or if, if they never said that she had that type of anger towards her dad, no. it's like, what? why Where all of a sudden? From, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and if there, if and if she wasn't even saying on the stick, because if it was something that she did in self-defense because of he did something to her, you'd think that that would come out. Yeah. So I, I that's another thing is I don't know if she had enough anger or anything within her to, yeah, to you do would, that. You would have to snap or like yeah for the like the crime scene photos I'll show you. You. That's where I saw that show on. I want to say it was snapped. Snapped. Yeah, well, yeah, I've they, seen they, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I don't want to say they had like a, a history or something. I bet, I bet Lizzie Borden was on Snapped. I bet I, that's like the perfect story for them. Yeah. Like, uh, so people speculated that for a while, people speculated it was a burglary gone wrong, but mm. like they, nothing like, was taken. Nothing was taken. There was no force entry, anything like that. So there's just the speculation is all all over the place. So here's the thing: is if it was the outsider. If it was this guy that wasn't part of the family, he would have to know, like we said before, have to know the routine, mm -hmm. who was home, who wasn't home, and then they would have to have a motive. So there's, I'm like almost on the fence a little bit that it could have been somebody on the outside that maybe Andrew fucked for some money. Mm -hmm. And he's like, maybe just killed him out of principle. I mean, if Lizzie was outside, you know, in, in the shed or wherever it was the whole entire time, for two and then hours. and say because I mean if they had a big house, yeah, two hours. Um, maybe the one was on the other side of the house cleaning, while this was going on, upstairs in a way, so she didn't hear it. You so know? I don't know I don't how know. hard you'd have to be cleaning the house, and you'd have to be fucking she clean was in the house. Very <laughs> dedicated to her job. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of speculation that Lizzie and Bridget, that Bridget, like I said, it, the money for the inheritance mm -hmm. that that's one of the speculations but still a woman to, that's the whole thing a woman to a woman to commit the, the crime mm -hmm. so it just that just never stuck yeah so at the time he was at the time of this uh documentary that i read and watched he he would have been about four four million dollars but in inflation for now he'd have been worth about eight million dollars wow Jesus. So, you know, there's a lot of people who think that Lizzie went ahead and did it to just go down the, the line of people that got the inheritance until it got to her. Yeah. Yeah. I again say, though, that, that she had the want, but did she have the ability? 
you know like like i i would still say that there maybe there was an outsider yeah. and they the other two were in cahoots and they paid him off or something yeah. after she was acquitted from the trial who knows well there's a lot of people that believe that she was tired of kind of li- like because she had all this her father had all this money mm-hmm. when she was tired of living in a home without electricity and blah 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 she wanted the high life yeah so that would have been a strong motivation yeah for you know like inheritance keeps being like the main well it's still a big thing nowadays people killing people for inheritance and shit think about the menendez brothers Mm -hmm. that that's a fucked up story if you don't know anything about the yeah no no that's a really fucked up ass story yeah so like i was saying she more or less there's people that believe that she more or less killed everybody that would be in the way of her inheritance Mm mm-hmm there's only two people, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, but still. <clears throat> but, yeah. I bet if those sisters were part of it, she would have killed them, too. Yeah. But she yeah. might have only done 22. She might have only done 22. <laughs> if she finds you, you get 42. But, uh, <laughs> like I was talking about earlier, there's all kinds of conspiracies about her and Bridget and just, like, different hitmen, all kinds of crazy. All kinds of crazy conspiracies. Yeah. But that's, again, I'm repeating myself. That's one of the funnest things about this story is you could talk about it for hours. Oh, oh, and maybe this. Oh, and maybe that. And maybe this. But, I feel uh, like I need that string chart. You know, like, yeah. they always show them with the pins yeah. and connecting the strings to the different things. Yeah. I feel I need that for this uh, story. So Lizzie was here. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and like like we said earlier, the maid had left to Canada before the trial. Never testified. Peaced out. Just peaced out. And then Lizzie actually ended up living out her days on her dad's money. Lived, like she lived an awesome life. She was rich. She had moved to New York. Got that electricity. They got that electricity. I would be curious where the maid was after this. Was she living within the vicinity? Who knows? She's in Canada, right? Yeah, she was in Canada. Yeah, but did she come back? No, no record. No exactly. Record, no There's, record that I found. After out. she left, she's like, "Haha, bitches, I'm free, yeah. and then I'm gonna come back and get my shit." <laughs> I'm curious about her lineage. I wonder if she's actually from Canada. It'd be interesting to find out. So, but uh, Lizzie, Lizzie died at the age of 66 of pneumonia in her own home. Oh. She lived. She didn't. After the trial, she was rich. Yeah. And then uh, I couldn't find the cause, but one week later, her sister Emma died. Mm. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't find the cause. I looked it up several different times. But yeah, that's uh, the story of Lizzie Borden. Crazy. Yeah, I appreciate you guys sitting through that. I had so much fun putting together a true crime story again. Yeah, that was a lot of that was a lot of craziness. Yeah, there. yeah. a lot so, of things to think about. Yeah, so Josh will be on in with us some uh, in the near future. We're gonna do uh, John Dillinger. Oh, yeah. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Do our true crime corner. So yeah, thanks again, guys. And if uh, if you enjoy the episode, give us a like and a share, and come check us out on the Nerdy Bones Network. Thanks again, guys. See you later. Bye.